Welcome to The Joy Factor, a podcast dedicated to helping you create a path to joyful living each and every day. We're sharing inspiration from real people combined with practical tools you can use to unleash the playful and joyful spirit already inside you. Now, here's your host, therapist, life coach, and yoga teacher, Julie Hansen. This episode is brought to you by Care Of. Take advantage of this month's special New Year offer for 50% off your first month of personalized Care Of vitamins. Go to TakeCareOf.com and enter Joy Factor 50. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Joy Factor podcast. Today's guest is one of my favorite yoga teachers, Lori Love. Join us as she shares from her wealth of knowledge on all things yoga. Lori quietly shows up and sets the tone for others to put down their mat and develop a relationship with yoga and all that it can offer. Her style of teaching and the warmth, energy, patience, and generosity she brings to her classes make for a truly joyful experience. I found that talking with her was equally joyful and hope you enjoy the show. Okay, Lori Love, I'm so glad to have you here and to have this time to talk to you about yoga and how it impacts our ability to have joy. It's really great to be here, Julie. I thank you for inviting me to talk with you. I love talking about yoga. All right. Well, why don't we get started by just having you tell us a little bit about what led you down this path to yoga and being a yoga teacher? Well, it was probably 12, 13-ish years ago. I was in a big life transition. I was teaching spin at the time. So I've always been interested in movement, running, stuff like that, more gym-related stuff. And all of a sudden, I decided I needed some more stretching. So I just meandered over to a yoga class after my spin class. And the teacher was very, very good. And she just came over, started literally the way I remember it, picking me up and throwing me around, shaking me around a little bit to loosen me up. But I have fond memories of her, um, her concern, her ability. I mean, she was really, really good. I still follow and train with her to this day and her patience. And so I started having lessons with her a couple of times a week. And then at that time, she started traveling and doing more and got bigger jobs elsewhere. So it was kind of thrust upon me that I was going to be teaching her classes, which was probably the absolute best thing that could have happened. So I just kind of landed there. And for that, I'm very grateful. So when I think about yoga, and I think about all the gifts that it's given me over the years, um, I think about how it is something that can clear space. So it can kind of clear out the muck so that we can have, you know, access to the best that life has to offer. And I wonder, and you may have a quote or you may have a person that you think of who has been sort of a joy role model for you. I've had lots of role models and I return to my yoga teacher whose name is Maria Garay and I followed her out to New Mexico to train with her again recently. So she's brought so much to me. But as far as a joy role model, that changes a lot. 
And so I have to tell you right now, one of my role models is my middle son who decided he wanted to be an actor, didn't listen to anybody else. And he's not on Broadway yet. Maybe he'll get there. Maybe he won't. But he has pure joy at what he's doing. He's getting ready to star as Beast in Beauty and the Beast. So to be able to forge your own path without paying attention to the noise of the outside world, I mean, you have to live. That is, that's huge to me. Another current role model, someone I know who ended up raising her granddaughter she lost a parent. She ended up raising her granddaughter in a very short period of time. And honestly, I go to her Facebook page to read funny things because she has chosen to latch onto the joy in her life. And so I find that really huge. My local modern day gurus, if you will, more so than someone who's sitting on a mountaintop. And that's not to say that I wouldn't travel far and wide to go meet someone like that. But to me, if you look around, you find these people who can teach you the real lessons, sometimes just down the street. So what I'm hearing you say, uh, two things are coming up. One is, you know, your son's ability to trust that leap and the net will appear that he really can make that happen. And then with this other person, just this idea of choosing like making a deliberate choice, which is the theme that we find, like, you know, as I talk to people, like this theme comes up that the you have to deliberately decide, like, here is what I'm going to do. I wonder if you can talk to us a little bit about how yoga can help us strengthen those resources, that ability to trust, and to make conscious choices. People approach this in many different ways. And so for some people, it's in the beginning anyway about the physical movement or the asanas, the posture. So it can be trusting that if you, say, wanted to do something, an upside-down something, which is what a lot of people like to challenge themselves with, and there's nothing wrong with challenging yoga, that you'll be fine doing that. So that's especially important for people who've never done anything athletic before. And I think for other people, it's just trusting that if they allow themselves to do what they perceive as the lesser thing, the less, quote, difficult thing, that that's a good choice, too. So you see a lot of different things happening with people around you on the mat. Well, and I think that that ability to walk into a space and, you know, like I've been to many of your classes and there are people who come every single time and then there are people who, you know, show up and maybe it's the first time. I've never seen anybody get up and leave, which I think it takes some courage to walk in and not really know kind of what you're going to come up against. So it's sort of the, it's a practice, like it's an opportunity to just get in there and teach your body that here's our space to do this. And I think that the same is true when we're looking at, well, okay, maybe I do have a negative outlook. Maybe the glass is always half empty in my world. But to be able to make that conscious decision of even if this feels weird and uncomfortable, I'm going to claim this. So I see a lot of parallels um, with, you know, things like yoga and other practices that, you know, can be part of the toolbox for really improving the quality of our lives and our experiences. You're absolutely right. And just continuing to show up, that is the thing. 
even if you're feeling bad this week, or you've got that negative attitude, it's allowing yourself to say, okay, yoga is not all about happy times and, you know, incense and all of that stuff. I mean, there are all kinds of people in there. And I think that there's this assumption that the person on the mat beside you or the person next door to you has this charmed life. And you just, you have no idea. And that has been a big lesson for me because so many times I find out because eventually some students might tell you some things. You don't ask, but if they choose to share, that's fine. It's like, wow, I would have had no idea that that you were dealing with this. And a lot of the time, that's why people come to yoga class. They come to yoga class. They like that community, that space of non-judgment, both of the people around them, and they feel that they don't have to judge themselves. And as another example, one time a student had a surgery, and she couldn't do any asana. She couldn't do any of the posture. She couldn't do any movement. She just wanted to be there in Shavasana, wrapped in her blanket in her final rest pose while we were moving about her. And she said that was so healing, just to be in that collective So yoga can be a lot of different things, and you might start out craving the asana, or your trainer or somebody says, oh, such and such is tight, try yoga, and that might be why you start, and then you might fall in love with the breath practices, the community, the space of allowing yourself. Now we've talked about trust, we've talked about choice, the one I think is super important, community, and just we're in a desperate place as a, I think, a country where we do not have enough outlets for building community and people feel really isolated and they may not even identify that feeling. But to know that, you know, one of the ways that yoga can bring all these different parts alive in each of us is just like you said, by showing up. And even if you are just in Shavasana and you just want to lay there and cover up with a blanket, perfect. That's your practice for today. So, okay. Is there anything else that you would like to add, um, either for you personally or just what you've witnessed as the teacher to so many different people on how having a yoga practice can enhance our ability to experience more joy in our lives? I think it's important to note that over time, and it's different for each person, it can just spill out into so many other areas of your life. You're on your way to an interview or a meeting that's going to be stressful, and all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, I remember that particular way to breathe. You are meeting up with someone who just kind of hits you the wrong way right away, and you take that pause, and it's like, wait a minute, I'm in that space of judgment right now. And it's okay if that's where you start. It's absolutely okay. But yoga takes you to a gentler place. And I think also remembering, recognizing that you do not have to be perfect. Just because you go to yoga doesn't mean that, I don't believe, doesn't mean that you have to be an absolutely perfect person now. And you better not come to class if you're not. Because oftentimes, those of us who feel that we need these things the most are the ones who keep showing up. Not because we got it all figured out, but because we keep continuing to figure it out and find new ways to utilize the practice and its applications. Well, I'm glad that you brought up the breathing. And when I teach classes and I'm, you know, they don't know me, like I oftentimes will say the only thing you have to do is breathe just a little bit more 
than it takes to stay alive. Because <laughs> <laughs> most of us are walking around in our day-to-day lives just breathing enough to stay alive and not thinking about it. So I wonder, I know that your breath practice is really, you know, a prominent part of your work. Would you talk a little bit about kind of the role of breathing and maybe a little bit about for somebody who has no idea how they would even begin, like what an entry point might be to begin to tune in a little bit more to how powerful our breath can be to aid us in all these different areas. I think it's important with breath work or breath practice, like the practice of yoga, to just take it one thing at a time. So to not try to implement challenging breath practices or even more than one breath practice in the beginning. So what you might do to start is just a few minutes a day, a few times a day to count your inhales and exhales. So it's very simple that you just sit in a quiet place, close your eyes, wherever you feel like you're comfortable and safe. And so you take an inhale for five, take a little pause at the top, and then take an exhale for five and do the same thing without stressing if the mind wanders or anything like that. So I think that's a really good place to start. And making sure that you can do this at bedtime too, if you've had a really stressful day, maybe honoring the exhale a little bit more to relax you in the evening. And I'll kind of branch off into meditation, if you will, because I think that's a natural place. But people, every time people ask me about meditation, there's this kind of stress around. It's like, can you help me learn how to meditate? It's like, well, just again, don't worry about it. Set your timer, your microwave, whatever it is that you have for five minutes and just sit and notice First of all, that you are breathing. Notice what goes on in your mind and draw your attention back to your breath as the mind invariably starts to wander. And so I think it's it's a great practice to just do those two simple things for a good long while and then you're ready for something else. And I think just to notice too when your breath is getting shallow Like, what's happening? Am I in a stressful situation? So what typically happens there is you're not getting enough breath in, in an anxiety kind of related situation. Okay, a little more inhale. So, right, I'm shallow breathing. So I'm going to inhale a little more deeply. I'm going to notice what happens as my chest expands. And then as I exhale and relax. So keeping it very simple in the beginning is, I think, always the way to go. And even as you were even talking about breathing automatically has an impact, right? So putting it in your line of vision, there's so much information out there, so many opportunities um, to just do. It's free. Anyone can do it. (laughs) Anyone can learn how to maximize it. And that's always a beautiful thing. Care Of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. Whether you're focused on glowing skin, boosting your energy levels, getting more sleep, or generally being healthy, you can build a vitamin routine that's custom made for your health goals. Care Of has a cool online quiz, and it was actually fun to answer questions about my diet, health goals, and lifestyle choices. We all need to stop every now and then to check in with how our habits are lining up with our needs. 
And I really appreciate that the quiz took less than five minutes. Knowing which vitamins or supplements I should be taking can be really hard, but Care Of made it easy and convenient. I'm especially loving their Chill Factor packets, and we all need to activate our Chill Factor as much as our Joy Factor, right? A portion of every sale goes toward the Good Plus Foundation, which provides expectant mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. For 50% off of your first month of personalized care-of vitamins, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter Joy Factor 50. All right. Take us to those moments when you're struggling to be joyful. And tell us a little bit about what steals your joy and how do you get it back? What steals my joy? Well, sometimes you can really let a person get under your skin. And usually that has more to do with what's going on with them than you. And so I try to recognize and be in a place of compassion, okay, that something might be up with this person. But it's still really, really hard not to let it irk me. I'll be honest with you. So that's when my body starts to tense up. And honestly, I have a couple of things that, a couple of publications, books that I go to. And one is um, called A Short Guide to a Happy Life. It's written by Anna Quinlan. I love this book and her story. She's she's written several things. And I think a couple of her books have been turned into movies, but this is biographical, autobiographical. Her mom contracted cancer when she was in college. And so she quit college to take care of her mom and nursed her through those final days. And she said, you know, when she went back to college, all of a sudden, some things just seemed completely ridiculous to her. You know, the the frivolities that people were stressing about and worrying about when she had been administering morphine to her mom in her final days and working in soup kitchens. And there's a final passage in the book here that I love, and I bring it out to yoga classes every now and then, where she talks to a guy who's sitting on a dock at um, winter time somewhere in New Jersey. And she she's, talks to him and she says, why don't you go get clean? You know, why don't you go do something or whatever? And he says, ah, he says, but the view. He says, every morning I get up and I get to sit here and I have this view. So it really reminds me that try it as it may sound, the best things in life are free. And so that for me is kind of like a big happy slap across my face, um, like the movie Cher, who is it? She slaps Nicolas Cage when he says, I'm in love with you. And she smacks him and says, snap out of it. So it's like, you really don't have a whole heck of a lot to complain about. So that's one thing I rely on. It's on my shelf in a place where I can grab it when I need it, just like chocolate. And the other thing is um, called The Right Questions by Debbie Ford, who is deceased now, but she's one of the Hay House authors. She's been an inspirational guide for a lot of people. And I find this book is really helpful if I have to make choices. And I just Sometimes you can't breathe your way to a good choice. You can't meditate your way. You need some guidelines. But if you need something more than pro and con list kind of thing, this is called the right questions. 
it has some really important questions you can ask about this scenario to help you figure out if you're on the right path. And so one of them is, will this choice propel me toward an inspiring future or will it keep me stuck in the past? Am I standing in my power or am I trying to please another? So it's a book that never gets tired or old for me. Wow, I love those two books. And um, I think part of what you're describing is this ability to like when your joy is stolen, and there are things that are going to come across, you know, just go drive for a while and see if somebody doesn't try to (laughs) steal your joy. Um, But this idea of being able to pause and step back and then remember, okay, what are my resources? Let me, which book do I need today? Like, which view do I need? Like, and being really aware of that is something that I think that it's so important. But um, sometimes people, and I think women especially, feel guilty if they don't sort of do that automatic people pleasing. Or if there's somebody mad in traffic, maybe they blame themselves, you know, which is ridiculous. But um, just to be mindful of the space that we can create that then does allow whatever guidance we need to show up. Um, That brings us right back to trust and choice, right? Okay. Do you have any other daily practices that you believe contribute to your success or your enjoyment of your life? Yes, it always gets back to the breath for me. (laughs) So after I get up and get going, and for me, that includes coffee. I love it. I have one cup and I just absolutely love it. It's my ritual, and I I don't want to give it up. I have before, but I don't want to. So after I do that, I do my breath practices, my pranayama. So there's a set of nine that I can do. I don't often do all of them. I do if I have the time, but it's recognizing which ones do I need today. So if my head will not clear up if I woke up and I had stuff going on in my head. It could be good stuff. It could be not so good stuff. And I'll say, oh, I want to make sure that I include annuloma veloma. Also, some other yogic practices that I do are using a natty pot. It's a practical thing, but a nasal washer, a natty pot, especially this time of year with allergies being what they are for some people. And there's a handy dandy little product I like to use with that. It's called Nasia, N-A-S-Y-A. So it's a little bit of oil that you can put in the nostril because if you're using that salt water, if you're doing a salt wash, then of course your nostrils can get a little bit dry. So I like to include that. Any kind of an oil that you want to use that you have would be good. So that's important for me to do. And again, it's on the physical side of things, but I like to do kind of a body scraping or loofing before you get into the shower. That's an Ayurvedic practice to help stimulate and start to move lymph. And a daily oil massage, which is called Abhyanga, that generally is, is kind of nice to do in the evening when you have some time. So it's nurturing. It always gets back to mind, body, and spirit. So some days you need more mind practices. Some days you need more body practices. And some days you need to honor the spirit more. So I think just being aware of what do I need today? And so if today, hey, I need to treat myself to 
that extra piece of chocolate or whatever it is. You can tell that I love chocolate or go out and, and buy myself that tea that I saw when I was at the tea shop last time. I just need a treat. That is okay because you really do need to take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. And yes, I don't care what kind of a woman you are. You're taking care of something or somebody and probably likely several things and bodies in your life. And so you absolutely have to nurture yourself. Great. And, um, and this one you can either answer or not. Okay. Okay. But if you, (laughs) it's been so nice talking to you. And I wonder if you, how might people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about the work you do or, um, learn more about the classes you're teaching? Like what would be a good way for them to get in touch with you? I don't mind sharing that at all. You can reach me on my cell phone. Okay. Scratch that (laughs) email. Maybe let's uh, email me if you would like. It's uh, Lori H love at me.com. It's L O R I H love like Valentine at me M as in mom E Dot com. So that's the best way to reach me. You can also find me on Facebook at Lori Henry Love. I have a business page that's linked to my page. It's Love Works Wellness. And I post things there, sometimes yoga related. So you can find me there as well. In addition to yoga classes and yoga privates, I have full day and half day retreats for women in my home studio that I offer several times a year. And so they're very heavily focused on yoga, but we'll have usually a coaching activity in there that relates to whatever. It can vary a lot. Um, I'll cook an organic meal and we have a whole lot of fun. So I do that in addition to individual life coaching. And I've worked, done some work for businesses as well. So that keeps it fun offering a lot of different things and working with a lot of different groups of people. Okay, thank you so much. And all of this information I'll also list out on the joyfactorpodcast.com webpage. And we will look forward to being able to talk to you again in the future, I hope. Thank you so much. Thank you, Julie. It's been a lot of fun. You have a great day. Lori Love is a gifted teacher, and I really value the steadiness, safety, and challenge I found in her classes. I hope you're on the lookout for your own teachers, guides, and mentors to help light the way as you journey down your path. Take good care until next time. Thank you for listening to The Joy Factor. For more information, visit www.thejoyfactorpodcast.com.